Well, hello, everyone. My name is Gerald Morris, and I'm going to be the host of today's podcast. Uh, as background, I'm an adjunct professor of law at the Nova Southeastern University uh, Shepherd Broad College of Law. I'm also a Florida Bar board certified health lawyer and uh, former general counsel to Holy Cross Hospital here in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Welcome to another uh, podcast from the Nova Southeastern University's Geriatric Work Enhancement Program. This podcast is made to encourage, enhance, and promote all those fantastic health professionals working with older adults, including those with Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and their caregivers and support systems. In today's episode, we are taking an in-depth look at elder care coordination with our special subject matter expert, uh, NSU law professor, Kathy Sermonara. Now, Professor Sermonara is a longtime professor uh, of law with the NSU Shepherd Broad College of Law. She obtained her JD law degree, magna cum laude, from the University of Pittsburgh and earned both her LLM master's degree and her JSD Doctorate of Law degree uh, from Columbia University. Professor Sermonara teaches both at the NSU Law School and in the HPD programs and has written and lectured extensively on the special legal, ethical, and practical issues surrounding patients' rights and end-of-life decision-making, all of which are highly relevant to uh, our discussion today. So hello, Professor Sermonara, and welcome. Hi, thank you. Uh, Professor, can we start by having you tell us why this topic is so important to those uh, providing care to geriatric patients uh, and managing the affairs of older adults? Yes. The uh, The elderly population is in, particularly in Florida, in a number of different situations. Some of them are surrounded by family and, in fact, are part of a, a, a community within their homes or near their homes when there are multiple generations of family who are all involved in most of the family decision-making. Others are here alone. They've moved here to retire from some other place, and all of their children may be far away, or there may be one person here in in person with the rest of their children and other families scattered across the country and relying on the person uh, that's in Florida to take care of the elder. This elder caring coordination is a method of dispute resolution that can facilitate discussions among all those family members and or any other people who are involved in high-conflict situations that involve the elderly's health. For our podcast audience, uh, would you share what is it that today's healthcare professionals in particular uh, and, and caregivers should know about this subject? The Elder Caring Coordination Initiative was actually begun by an Association for Conflict Resolution. This is a dispute resolution process. It was called, the, the, the uh, coordination was begun through Elder Justice Initiative on Elder Caring Coordination. That was intended to be used in high-conflict cases. 
where a specialized coordinator, someone who has elder caring coordination training, assists elders, legally authorized decision makers, and others who are going to try to talk through and resolve family disputes. Considering, of course, the elders' need for autonomy and self-determination, participation in their own decision-making, and safety, which is one of the key concerns, especially with the elderly who are living alone here. Elder caring coordination can assist the elders, the family members, those other parties in a number of different ways and can offer actually an additional source of support to the elderly person during this time of their life. How do you see this uh, process and these activities as helpful uh, to, to support families and caregivers in the avoidance of uh, in resolution of con- internal conflicts uh, and perhaps even the avoidance of, of judicial uh, proceedings or legal proceedings? So as elder caring coordination has been studied thus far, it's this alternative dispute resolution that has been tested within judicial settings. Right? There has been a, a, a situation in which a court might be approached for designation of guardianship or hopefully before depriving an elder entirely of their autonomy and self-determination, a court might be approached with regard to specific individual decisions that someone in the elder's life is making, uh, the management of a trust or a particular medical care decision being made by a healthcare surrogate who's been appointed by the elder, for example. The study that was done occurred in cases that had already somehow appeared in a judicial setting, uh, which everyone would like to avoid, of course, if possible. The result, right, given that these people were already in a judicial setting and thus extremely high conflict, were significantly fewer motions to the court. And when filed, the motions were more focused on legal rather than non-legal issues. Non-legal being something such as, I don't like that particular caregiver who's coming into mom's home, or disagreement about what nursing home mom should be sent to. Uh, In addition, incapacity determinations can be safely avoided if everyone is resolving disputes with regard to something that an elder has expressed a, 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 a preference for, right? It may not be that that elder is incapacitated, but the best way to overwhelm their autonomy would be to argue that they are. All of that can be avoided with a dispute resolution process about that decision. It also allows these families to act quickly, more quickly than if they were to go to court, and privately, whereas court is very public, as we all know. Sounds complicated and potentially expensive, Professor. Uh, uh, How do you think this will have an impact on, or what impact would this have on on the costs of of care for our elders and, and this kind of activity? There's no doubt that fees are involved. 
the um, elder caring coordinator can um, provide services much as a mediator even though these are not mediators it's a different type of training but they can f- provide focuses much a, uh, services much as a mediator can and of course mediators charge any alternative dispute resolution process costs something for the expertise that's involved in guiding the discussion however here in florida under a statute that provides that a court that has been approached with a high conflict situation specifically has the power to authorize an elder caring coordination session to take place. The statute provides that the parties that are involved uh, are to equally share the cost. And in fact, for the people who might have fewer resources than perhaps the people on the other side of an argument, uh, the statute provides that a court can take into account income, financial assets, other sorts of um, obligations that exist financially for one of the parties in determining what the split of the payment responsibilities will be. Finally, there are actually some grants available for this sort of um, activity, and it's possible that this sort of activity will eventually be paid for by covering entities such as health insurance companies, much in the same way that Medicaid, for example, now pays for housing assistance in some cases because it's been recognized as a matter of health. There was a grant that was part of the Elder Justice Initiative Project that paid for a significant number of low-income participants in the processes. The grant was provided by a health insurance company uh, in explicit recognition that having this conflict present within their family actually affects the health and the health outcomes of elders. Going forward, uh, how do you see this uh, effort towards care coordination as potentially being expanded beyond the geriatric populations, but also to uh, to non-geriatric patients, uh, healthcare settings uh, as well? Certainly, elder caring is not necessarily limited to the elders. Right, care coordination could be appropriate for intensely ill people, for people who require a long course of treatment who are, or who are in continuing uh, situations of a disability, for example, and might need um, assistance of the same kind that an elder might need, placement in a, in a different sort of facility, decisions being made occasionally for to have care in the home. Uh, The current research that I've just been discussing has all taken place within the judicial setting. Uh, Some judges won't order elder caring coordination without statutory authorization. Some judges are perfectly comfortable doing so because judges have general power to manage their courtroom and to order those sorts of activities in an attempt to resolve disputes that are before them. It would be great if this went beyond that judicial setting 
for for both elders and uh, potentially these other people who might have high conflict issues arise about their medical care. If facilities were to make available elder caring coordination, if it did become a health insurance benefit that people could call upon, it, because of the recognition that this all of this does affect the health of the person whose life is being decided, that I think would be a really productive way to move forward. Well, in terms of education and other resources, uh, where do you suggest interested parties might go uh, in furtherance of this subject? The Association for Conflict Resolution of um, the associations of family and conciliation courts have some information online about this particular elder justice initiative. In addition, uh, continuing education is planned. Uh, The people who are involved in dispute resolution efforts and who are creating the training courses for these sorts of um, experts would like to create trainings in the name of continuing education for medical professionals and also for uh, families to consider as they are thinking about the family the family member who's up in Iowa and ready to fly into town to object to care decisions, uh, right? It would be nice to have an awareness that this procedure might be available to resolve the disputes that person might be bringing with them. Well, thank you very much, Professor, and thank you to our audience uh, for joining us today. Please stay tuned for upcoming topics from our renowned subject matter experts.